Hi, I'm Deborah Rosati, founder and CEO of Women Get On Board. And this is Women Get On Board in Conversation. Our goal with these video series is to help women business leaders elevate themselves in the boardroom. And we are delighted to have expert speakers to help them on their journey to lead with courage and confidence in the boardroom. Today, I'm pleased to speak to Mary Larson, a partner at MMP. And Mary's gonna discuss EDI, which is equity, diversity, and inclusion. It's a very broad topic. I'm looking forward to speaking to Mary about what boards should be thinking about and what board leaders can do to make it a priority. Mary, thank you for joining us today. Pleasure. So let's start with a little bit about Mary. Tell us, tell us why you're here today and how you got here. Well, um, how I got here, um, actually, that is a story of, of probably, um, diversity and equity and inclusion in and of itself. Um, I was the second class of women to go to Princeton, um, and I went to, um, during my time there, it, the ratio of women to men was one to 10. Um, it did not mean that I had uh, a lot of dating opportunities for a variety of reasons, um, but I worked in New York. Um, I went to Stanford Business School, but uh, over the years that I've been in business, uh, I can tell you that things have changed enormously, um, but we're not there yet. And uh, diversity, equity, inclusion goes so far beyond gender issues at this point. Um, so I'm a partner at MNP, and um, I lead our strategy practice uh, nationally. And in addition to doing strategic planning, um, there are three service lines that I have particular passion for. One of them is culture transformation. One is ESG, um, environmental, social, and governance issues. And the other is EDI. Um, which is probably where I'm spending about 50% of my time right now. And EDM is part of the S dimension of, of ESG. So um, I have an incredible team that I work with. Um, they have really deep expertise um, in the public sector, private sector, and academia. And the team itself is really diverse, which is interesting. Um, we have uh, racialized, visible minorities, several other um, dimensions of self-identification, persons with disabilities, either visible or invisible, women and men who identify as non-binary and others who are straight or queer, and we have people on the team of various ages. So we take our EDI very seriously uh, with respect to our team and also within the firm of MNP uh, itself. Um, and I think it's fair to say that one of the things that we feel really strongly about with respect with, to EDI is that we have to think about it from a practical standpoint. This is not something ethereal. Um, it, it is something that's a very practical concern. So we try to help our clients achieve practical solutions. Well, thank you, Mary. That was really helpful background to sort of get into our conversations today. So maybe you can talk about um, the work you do on EDI with respect to how boards and executive teams can, can create a safe and very um, uh, secure workplace to ensure that they belong. Boards have um, a huge I think, responsibility these days. And um, there are, when I think about it, there are at least um, three dimensions where boards need to think about uh, what they're going to be doing with respect to EDI. One of them is the board itself. Um, so 
you need to, I think boards need to look at their composition, um, not just from, you know, gender dimensions or racialized communities or equity deserving um, groups, but also um, diversity of experience. People talk about diversity of thought. I think diversity of experience is a little easier to get your head around. Um, so people who represent different, um, you know, uh, occupations and different academic experience could be very helpful. How the board behaves is really important as well. Um, are there microaggressions within the board? Are people listening to each other um, well is, is a really important issue. And the chair really has to be the arbiter of that, I think. Um, training and education, the board probably owes it to itself to make sure that it's getting trained. Um, and then uh, are the governance and nominating committee charters, um, the, the governance and, and nominating committee, it's always good to look at the charter and what it's doing with respect to bringing on new board members and just making sure that the practices make sense. So that's kind of, you know, let's look at ourselves, but what about oversight of the, of the organization? Um, I think there are a few things that I would be looking for if I were a board member. Uh, one of them would be, is there actually an EDI strategy? And does it link to the corporate strategy? And increasingly, um, corporations, non-for-profit organizations, public sector organizations are developing EDI strategies. And these are as rigorous as, um, as a, a, a corporate strategy would be. Um, I would also be looking for some, some solid things. Um, so is there an affirmation statement on the website? Um, is there an EDI committee that's actually doing things and that they report to the board regularly on the things that they're doing? Um, is the organization on a regular basis, maybe every year or two years, reviewing its hiring policies, its practices um, around hiring, promotion, and pay? Um, and I think one of the most important things, have they done a demographic census? And these are really, really important because it's one of the things that allows an organization to figure out where they are, whether they're actually making progress. It provides an opportunity for people to feel like they're being um, heard and um, properly done. We are, um, you know, there's no risk of anybody's self-identification being brought out or anything. So that these are uh, very powerful. And then um, the other thing that I would be looking for is if I were on the board is, you know, every board has a, has a dashboard of some sort. And I would want to be seeing some metrics that relate to EDI on that. So retention rates, um, progress on the demographic census. Are you actually making progress? Uh, exit interviews, are there any uh, reports of aggressions, things that might have happened? And um, one of the things you and I both uh, were involved in the um, Confident Boards course. And one of the things that we heard about was the importance of actually reporting on incidents. And so that's that's something that's important. Mary, I want to pause for a moment because that's yeah. a lot to unpack. That's a lot. I know. It's a ton. <laughs> it sort of rolls up to ESG on the social element. And we had you in the fall time in our ESG speaker series with respect to social. So I guess the question, because we just had a speaker series yesterday and it was around ESG priorities and incentives and yeah. how you tie, and social measures were the highest 
linked to ESG incentives to compensation to, to manage. But I think the concrete elements that you're talking about are the types of metrics I would imagine you'd be working with um, management and boards on. Yes. Absolutely. And, and I think this point of being tying all this to compensation is extremely important. If you don't have these measures, what are you going to do? And, and that my next point was actually the reporting one. Because right now, if you look at sustainability reports, most of which are very fluffy and often written by marketing groups, uh, which drives me around a tree, um, is that the there really, there's always a, an S section and very often it's about planting trees or supporting, supporting schools, all of which is really good. But people are, you know, shareholders are looking for the kinds of things I just talked about. It's data. Is there a strategy? Is there an information statement? Or is the organization making progress? I think is really important. Very tangible. Thank you, Mary. Um, I recently read an article in Harvard Business Review is your board inclusive or just diverse? And they speak to ways that boards can move beyond representation. I welcome your thoughts on that. Well, I, I kind of alluded to that at the very beginning when I was talking about behavior. And um, one of the things I think that, that has been proven out in research is that um, being the only one is really hard. Um, if you're the only woman, if you're the only indigenous person, if you're the only person who identifies as non-binary, um, it is very hard to be heard. And I think that, that increasingly it would be good if boards took a look at, given what it is that you know, the company's trying to do, what kind of diversity makes the most sense? I mean, having one of everything, <laughs> is not probably relevant if, you know, if, if, for every organization. And um, it might be for a bank, but they have lots of members on their board. Um, so I think, um, I think it's important to really think about how strategically can you get a board where everybody on it feels like their point of view can be heard. Um, and this whole issue of, of really listening to one another and respecting one another. They're, 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 people have been talking about the tone of the talk for a long, long time. Um, so yes, and, and I think there's nothing worse. And one of the things that we emphasize in our work is tokenism is just not what we want. This is not. Mary, there's a, a quote and you've heard this, the power of three. They said one woman, one woman on a board is the beginning. Yes. Two women on a board is presence and three women on a board is a voice. Now apply that to any representation, right? So like you say, that tokenism, if you're that one voice, how do you, how do you, how do you get heard? How do you feel included? Right. You know, I just thought that power of three, be it women, be it whatever representation, it's lonely to be the only one. It is. And the other thing I think to remember is there's this intersectionality. So, you know, we're women get on board. That's what we are today. We're talking about, but you can have women who have other dimensions of diversity, visible, invisible um, disabilities, uh, sexual orientation uh, or identification. And so, you know, I, I think that it's terribly important to remember women, women are diverse as well. 
That's, uh, that's my motto with Women Get On Board. We have a diversity of, of members across the country um, with uh, diverse in many dimensions. So um, there's a saying, it's very along the lines of what you were talking about, but diversity is having a seat at the table. Inclusion is having a voice and belonging is having that voice heard. Can you give any, give any examples? I know you talked about already within your team, but can mm -hmm. you give examples of organizations or companies that you've worked with that are really walking the talk and, um, you know, examples of how they can improve? Well, there's one, one of our clients I kind of hold up as, as a poster child. It's not the only poster child, but um, it is a relatively small organization that kind of punches above its weight in terms of its impact on the community uh, in which it sits. And um, they, they developed an EDI strategy with, with our help. And, um, and then they really started to tackle the things that needed to be tackled. So from a diversity standpoint, they've started recruiting and hiring. They're looking for people um, in different places than they used to. And it's hard to change. The organization is already quite diverse and I think quite inclusive if you're just going the extra mile to make sure that anybody coming into the organization far and wide. Um, they, um, on an equity standpoint, they are doing a whole bunch of really nice things. Um, they've all had training. Uh, they've spent a lot of time um, training with respect to indigenous relations, but they're also now looking at themselves. So microaggressions, bias, that sort of thing, linking the training to their work. Um, we're helping them with the demographic census so that they can get a, a sense of where they stand with the numbers. Um, they've developed an affirmation statement. Um, so, you know, that is very, very inclusive. And I think one of the most important things I'm seeing is that they're actually making their decisions about their sponsorships, the things that they do, the buildings that they build and the other, you know, activities that they carry out with an EDI lens. So, it's become part of the way they do business, which is, which is really what it, it ought to be. They also have a really powerful set of KPIs um, and regular reporting at the board level. The board really, the board cares about this, which is fabulous. So there's kind of this partnership between the, the board members and, and, and management of the organization. So nice to have kind of walk the talk and have examples of that. Um, Interesting, I was on a call earlier in the week and um, I was commenting amongst the group that it wasn't diverse. The average age in Canada is 62 for TSX listed companies. And I looked around and a lot of us in the room were that age and beyond. And I said, you know, I think boards need to have a younger demographic on the board. And the comment that I got back, which was quite interesting was, well, you know, they don't have the right experience. We need to have very experienced people on the board. And I, I sort of paused and I didn't go any further, Mary, but I think we, it's incumbent upon us to build those capabilities. I, I'd love to get your thoughts on that. That's a really interesting point. And I was actually speaking to the senior uh, leadership group at one of Canadian Canada's top universities yesterday. And, and they were talking, you know, just with respect to, just with respect to EDI the fact that younger people just take this for granted. So there's one dimension on which it's important for boards to have this point of view that what do you, why are you worrying about this? Why are you threatened by it? What, this is just life. 
Um, and I think you're absolutely right that there is, it is incumbent upon us. I think one of the things that organizations like um, ICD um, is undertaking to do and um, is to make sure that they are proactively providing um, courses and materials and classes and certifications for younger people and um, you know indigenous uh, board candidates and members of other minorities. So I think you're out, I mean, the institutions are recognizing this and I think you're absolutely right. It's just- but I also think it's a mindset that others need to open up because you know what? You don't have to have the smartest around the table always, right? You need, wisdom is good. So we won't go further on that. And I know yeah. we're kind of coming up to the end and we could continue our conversation all afternoon, Mary, but what would be some of the key takeaways you'd like our listeners, our viewers today to go away with? Well, there are a few things. First of all, having strategic and EDI strategy is a really good thing. I think about 40% of organizations in Canada, most of them governmental, um, have put together some sort of EDI plan, but there's 60% who haven't. So, you know, um, some people feel like the university I was talking to yesterday felt that they were behind it. So, no, you need to start. Just start somewhere. It's it's good. Better to start. Um, and you know, the the other thing is to not be afraid of this. Um, there, I think everybody is concerned about making mistakes. Um, I do. Um, clients do. And it, you know, agreeing on common language is a is a good place to start. But the language is changing every day. So we don't use BIPOC anymore. So, you know, I have a struggle keeping up. Um, I think one of the most important thing is that if you, you can't do anything unless you actually uncover the barriers. So that is why you do demographic census. It's why you actually look for engagement surveys and see what's going on. And one of the things that we've learned is that, and I think it's just human nature, if, you know, if people feel like they're being heard, that is a first great step. And, um, and then I think um, one last thing, it would be kind of always good for your organization to reflect as much as possible the communities in which you serve. And I'm gonna leave on kind of a negative note, which is over time as a board member, you will be held accountable for this, just as you will be held accountable inside of ESG. Well, you know what, that goes with kind of, we know we've both taken the competent board's ESG designation is, is to be stewards of the future exactly. and, and lean in and be very mindful of your fiduciary duty. Um, and all of those elements make you more effective as a director and better performance from a company perspective, from a sustainability for sure. So Mary, where can our audience find you and learn more about your work at, M at MMP on EDI? Well, the first thing uh, would be my email address, which is really easy. It's mary.larson at mnp.ca. We also have launched a, um, we have an EDI landing page and a whole bunch of articles, especially by one of my fabulous colleagues, Sandra Pontius. Um, and we also have a practically speaking site um, where we've uh, put together a number of articles and and guidelines and uh, guidebooks basically on, on EDI. And so very practical uh, ways of thinking about diversity and equity and inclusion that you could find there. So I'd love to have you invite me to that. It's practically speaking. 
and on the LinkedIn, you know, a lot of our members can. That's a lot right. Of our yes, LinkedIn or women get on boards. Absolutely. Sorry, Deborah. It's <laughs> all good. It's all good. Yeah. And yes, through through women get on boards. Absolutely. Or through LinkedIn. This After is for LinkedIn. LinkedIn. Thank yes, absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. And that's it for this edition of Women Get On Board in Conversation. Mary, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your insights with our Women Get On Board community. To find more resources for your board journey or to join Women Get On Board, which we are now more than 850 members, diverse across the country, um, you can go to womengetonboard.ca. You can follow us on our socials. We're on Instagram. We're on LinkedIn. And uh, thanks for joining us today. Thank you.